And every year, something would kind of happen when we would we would travel. One year, my mom hit a deer. So that was you know, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, the year before that, my older brother had a windshield wiper blade, like fly off the windshield wiper, and then it hit the windshield and totally destroyed it. So that was a lot of fun. And then uh, the high school and junior high, I've heard this story like four times, but um, my junior year in high school, I sliced my hand open so bad that I couldn't move my thumb for three months. And um, that was a lot of fun because I, I pulled the knife out and there was blood everywhere. And uh, my grandparents had gotten new carpet. And the first thing that my mom said, who was a nurse, was uh, don't get blood on the carpet. That's the first thing she said. So I don't I don't let her live that down. Um, but So Christmas can be really fun, but there's also a lot of like, really hard stuff that comes with Christmas. Um, on top of all the traveling and the presents and trying to figure everything out, there's always the, the different personalities and the different people that, that we that we end up getting have contact with just like one time a year, right? And it seems like every time that we have um, just that limited amount of time, all of the problems that we've been storing up for that year all come out at once, right? It's never fun. And it's, it's always these unexpected things that make Christmas memorable. Um, but it's, it's never easy to deal with them. Um, when we look at the original Christmas, there's one character that had more to deal with um, as far as unexpected things that happened to him than I think anyone else. I, he doesn't really get a lot of time in the, in the spotlight, right? Um, and that, that man is Joseph, humble carpenter from a small town in Galilee. Um, and he just, um, he just had a lot of curveballs thrown at him. So yet throughout we see he stayed cool and collected and righteous. So today I want to delve into his life a little bit and walk through it with you. Um, so if you would turn your Bibles to Matthew 1, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. I want to set this up for you guys a little bit. So before this happens, Jesus, um, God doesn't, God doesn't talk to Israel for 400 years. There's 400 years of nothing. There's no miracles, there's no prophets, there's no nothing. Literally, in in the Jewish mind, God had stopped talking to them. So when um, when Mary has this happen, she's it's totally unexpected. But for Joseph, he's not going to believe her when she comes to him and says, "Hey, I'm pregnant," and it was the Holy Spirit that did it, right? I mean, I I think of of myself if this happened to me, I would be so angry. I would just be angry. And when we get angry, we like to lash out, right? That's the thing that we do. Um, so, under Jewish law, Joseph had the option to have her publicly executed. This would save him shame um, and would, would save his family shame as well. He also could have married her. I mean, this would also bring shame on his family and, and everyone else. So that, that, those are his options. But let's continue in verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. 
But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. So, um, I, I stopped in verse 27. There you go. All right. Um, but we see that Joseph, instead of falling apart and doing this horrible thing, having her killed, the thing that he under the law could have done, he instead, um, he instead controls his anger and balances with, with compassion. So that's the first thing that I want you to remember about Joseph. He is a man who is just and balances his anger with compassion. This Christmas, we need to follow in his example. When someone does something that we would consider evil um, to us, we need to answer it with justice tempered with grace rather than with justice. Lots of times stuff happens and the first thing that we want to do is fly off the handle. And that never helps. What we need to do is take a minute, breathe, and balance our justice with grace. Let us continue in verse 20. Um, I'm going to start at, at the start of verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Throughout this whole passage, we see in Joseph's character his how faithful he is in following God. First, in verse 18, he, he knew the law. He knew what he could do. He knew what he couldn't do, right? But then after that, he also followed God after he was told in a dream what to do. Um, in John 14, verse 15, Jesus tells us, If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Joseph was a man who was not only compassionate inside of his anger and justice, but he was the one who was also faithful, faithful to follow God, and therefore he loved God. Um, A.W. Tozer, um, one of my favorite authors, said, The Bible recognizes no faith that does not lead to obedience, nor does it recognize any obedience that does not spring from faith. The two are at opposite sides of the same coin. Lots of times when we have a difficult situation, we like to pray to God, right? And we say, Lord, what are we supposed to do? But then, when we don't get the answer necessarily, we like to just kind of sit through it, right? Just wait. We need to first go to Scripture. And that's what we see Joseph first do in this passage. When he has his first dilemma, he sees and he looks at the law before he goes and starts asking for others. Um, if we are going to love and follow God, we need to obey Him. And that is our ultimate sign of hope. Verse 25. But he did not consummate their marriage until he gave birth to a son, 
and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph was disciplined. Joseph put his own desires on hold. Joseph waits until after Christ is born before he consummates his marriage with Mary. And he didn't, did consummate his marriage. Throughout scripture we see that there are multiple children that were also born to Mary and Joseph, including James, um, who is a major leader in the early church. We look at that. Um, Joseph is a picture of a man who is not controlled by his desires, but rather is in control of his desires. Christmas is a time in our culture where it's all about stuff, right? About getting stuff, getting more stuff. And um, lots of times that, that ends up being uh, it ends up being all, all that Christmas is about. Um, but we need to more focus on what other people want than what we want. It's not about our desires. Lots of times the desires that we have in our culture as well are compromised, right? There's a side of them that's not necessarily good. It's something that is dark and not not good. Um, C.S. Lewis said, Both good and evil, when they are full grown, become retrospective. That is what mortals misunderstand. They say of some temporary suffering, no future bliss can make up for it, not knowing that heaven once attained will work backwards and turn even that agony into a glory. And some sinful pleasure, they say, let me but have this, and I'll take the consequences, little dreaming how sin will spread back and back into their past and contaminate the pleasure of that sin. If you want something, go for it. If you desire it, you will go and get it. It is more important to feed your own desires than anything else. This picture of pleasure is way more important than the consequences later. That's what our culture says. We need to have a different perspective on this, one that starts with who God is and ends with what we want. Now, Joseph could have consummated his marriage with, with uh, Mary, right? But he didn't. The reason that he didn't do it is because then there was no question of who, who these parents was. That the Holy Spirit was the one who helped make the two. Not, not a man. So when we look at chapter 1, we see Joseph, right? When we look at chapter 2 of Matthew, it's all about the Magi. So the Magi are a group that come from um, Babylon, right? So you guys have heard the story of the three wise men. They come from Babylon. They follow a star that's in the east. And um, they show up and they talk to a man named King Herod. Now, Herod was Herod the Great. And Herod's a guy who comes up in Jewish culture. He's not actually a Jew. He's half Jew. He's half of a different um, different uh, nationality, Idumean. And so he he comes to power because of the Romans. He ends up being a puppet governor for the Romans. He, he's a king. He gets put into place by um, well by a couple of the different Caesars. Um, pretty much every Caesar, he's, he's in each of their pockets. And he kind of plays both sides, right? On one side, he's helping the Romans. On the other side, he helps the Jews. So he's famous in Jewish culture for building the Great Temple, which is the, the plateau that is now um, where the Dome of the Rock is. The temple was on top of that. He helped build that. And so what happens is, is 
he builds that temple. What most people don't realize is three years before that, or well, 47 years before that, he besieges the city and kills the Jews and destroys the temple and then rebuilds it. Alright? So he's playing both sides. And he's not a very nice guy. So the Magi come, they're following a star, um, which they saw in the east, not from the east, saw in the east. And they show up, um, at Herod's house and they say, we're here to worship the king of the Jews. And Herod says, great, you go find him. I'll talk to my chief priest. He's in Bethlehem. Go find him and come back. And I want to worship him too. And it may be confusing that these guys who aren't Jewish have come to worship the king of the Jews, right? Well, you guys know Daniel, the guy who was in the lion's den, right? So he gets eventually named because of the lion's den. He gets eventually named king of, or not king, chief of the wise men, this group of the magi. And so these guys have been waiting around for 500 years because they have all of Daniel's writings, all of his prophecies. So that's why the magi show up, because they're like, oh, we've been waiting for this Daniel told us about this. So that's who they are. But um, Herod, he's known for, um, so the magi come, they go see Jesus, right, and they leave. They don't go back to Herod. Herod realizes he's tricked, so he sends his soldiers and say, I'm going, he says, I'm going to kill all the infants under the age of two. So, lots of people say, oh, that's, you know, that's horrible. Obviously, Herod was a ruthless king. Yeah, he was a ruthless king. What you don't realize is, Herod has three of his sons killed, including his favorite, who he named after his father. He has multiples of his wives killed. And the, the worst is, so when he's on his deathbed, he's in Jericho, right? He's in inside of this um, he's inside of this amphitheater and he has all of the like major citizens of Israel come and they're all standing inside of this amphitheater and he's dying down on, on the bottom and he has all these soldiers file into the amphitheater and he tells his kids when I die I want you to put to death every single person that's in this amphitheater except for my soldiers and my family because I want people to mourn when I die that's his plan. Alright? And they, they don't end up doing it. They just let him die. He died. Like, that's it. But, everything that Herod does is to keep his power. Alright? So, chapter one's all about a man who is faithful, who wants to follow God, who's disciplined. And then chapter two is all about a man who all he cares about is power. And that's all he wants. Joseph is a simple carpenter, but he knows who he's serving. And when he's told, your wife is pregnant, you're going to have a son, and his name is Emmanuel, he knows what's coming. Alright? His power source is different from Herod. Herod lives a life that at the end of the day was historically significant, but not as significant as Jesus. Throughout the Bible, there's only two passages that has Joseph in it, pretty much. There's this one, and there's a little bit um, later that talks about when Jesus was around the age of 12. But, in the grand scheme of things, Joseph is much more significant than Herod. Um, this week, I had the pleasure to meet a guy named Tomas from um, the Czech Republic, and he heard that I was preaching this Sunday. And he asked me, so what are you preaching on? I said, I'm preaching on Joseph. And Tomas said, 
Tomas does not say much, but he does a lot of stuff. And that's really true. He does a lot of stuff. Joseph knew who the God he served was and what was at stake. God entrusted this baby, who would be the man Jesus, to a man who had his priorities. A man who was righteous in his anger and pain. A man who was faithful to God even though it would cost him. A man who was disciplined even though that it was hard. Um, lots of times we walk through life and we don't really know why we're doing the things we're doing. Right. But we just do that. This Christmas, we need to be more intentional. We need to be thinking through our feelings and why we're doing things and focus on why God wants us to do If you don't know who Jesus is, I want you to talk to someone who's here. Talk to Pastor Niall. Talk to me. Joseph, even though that Jesus was a baby, knew who he was. And that's why he did the things he did. That's why he was able to be saved. That's why he was able to be this. That's why he was able, <clears throat> able to um, be compassionate, and that's important. Um, I'd like to end this message with prayer, and then I believe the worship.